0: A greetings, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays everyone, so glad you're with us for this week 16 edition of Rams All Access with Maurice Jones-Drew. I'm JB Long. MJD, how are you? Is that Seattle wind still reverberating for you?
1: You know what, on to the next. On to the next, and it's the Tennessee Titans. And the, and the reason you, you have to have the 24-hour rule is because of games like this where you go into Seattle, you beat them the way you beat them, and then the next week you have to be prepared for a team who's been limping around the last month and a half, uh, uh, possibly two months. And so you, and they're, they're in a, I think this game is not only the NFC West Championship, but the AFC South Championship, because if the Titans lose, the Jaguars clinch. So you're going to have a, a totally different fight. And obviously, if you lose, you're going to give Seattle an opportunity uh to bounce back as well. So this is going to be a championship game.
0: A lot to talk about on this edition, including the injury to Greg Zerline. What does it mean for the Rams in the remaining month of December and into the playoffs? We'll have four down territory. We'll get the latest on the Titans. We'll have inside the numbers with a few wrinkles to look ahead to on Sunday in Nashville. But uh We'll also get to the uh, Todd Gurley MVP conversation. I want to get your thoughts on that? But let's start with what's on the line. And you hinted at it already: win or a Seattle loss, and you clinch the NFC West. It's uh, going to be cold in Nashville, but it's a hat and T-shirt kind of day in terms of what might be available to you.
1: Yeah, this is, this will be my first uh time ever being around a, a division champion. never won one in Jacksonville, and, and, and being and playing in a game like this. I remember playing in a, a AFC South Championship. It was 2010. We went up to Indianapolis to play, and if we won. We won the AFC South. It was, it was, there was nothing else. We won the AFC South. If we lost, then we were battling for the wild card. And so, uh, we went up there, um, and we, you know, that everything that we were trying to do, uh, everything was tightened down. Like everybody was tense, guys weren't loose, uh, and we still almost pulled it out, uh, just, you know, missed it by a little bit here, but, um, it's so, this is something that the Rams have never been in since 99, I want to say uh haven't
0: at, won the division since oh three oh
1: three oh three so uh oh like that there
0: no one on the roster is the point
1: no one on the roster I don't think anyone on the roster except for Kayvon Webster was
0: he's got a ring and he's got a ruptured Achilles so he's out of
1: it so he's out and so you, this is a whole different territory and so I think you know for coach McVay his coaching staff for Todd Gurley and Jared Goff and that defense and this is all fresh territory and so you're, you're going in there you want to have the same relax that you did in Seattle yeah. Uh, because you don't want to tighten up. But I when when there is stuff on the line, you tend to think about
0: that. That tension that you're talking about, that's the opposite of what we saw pregame in oh. Seattle. And, and I, I wasn't bold enough to say they're about to just go boat race, right. these Seahawks. But the look in their eye, the way they were dancing around, they were partying on the field at CenturyLink pregame. I mean, there was no doubt, at least in their mind, that 42-7 was, was about to happen.
1: Well, you know, you asked Coach McVay, like, you visualized it. Could you visualize this? And he was like, you, you, expect everyone to play well. That's what you visualize. But I don't think this was the outcome. And I think that's right. I mean. And you, you
0: needed help from Seattle for that to all go your way. I oh mean, my you, goodness. you needed hamstrings and infighting and all the things that happened on their side of the field, too. Yeah.
1: You needed Russell Wilson to turn the ball over the way he did and, and not to be the guy that we, we've seen him be. Uh, but that all happened when you put the pressure on them. And I, I think it started with Farrell Cooper. Congratulations for being uh, the returner at the Pro Bowl. It, well deserved. Um, it, it happened when Todd Gurley scored. I mean, when you started, when you went up 13-0 and it should have been 21-0 and they felt that, it, it became an issue.
0: I think it helps having this to play for a week after that emotional win at Seattle because there's a natural letdown. I mean, I feel it. Right. And I didn't even play the game. I just was there <laughs> watching it and talking about it. Um but when you know that there's still unfinished business, I think that keeps the Rams razor focused for this week. And in the words of Sean McVay, they're not shying away from the stakes.
2: We don't shy away from the opportunities we have, just like we knew yesterday was a big game for us. Uh, you know, you embrace the moment we talk about it. We never fear failure. You know, you try to go attack success and uh, we do want to keep that one game at a time mindset and early on in the season it's extremely important. but as you get to the latter half of the season, uh, when you've done a good job of winning enough games to to continue to still be relevant and now you're talking about uh, the opportunity that we have at hand. you know you don't shy away from a chance to try to go win another game and what what number 11 would mean for us is is a division championship and and that's something that you embrace and, and really it's an opportunity for us to go see if we can accomplish a big goal.
0: Uh, they also need the Aaron Rodgers list Packers to beat the Vikings to keep their playoff by, first round by, hopes alive. That is looking slimmer and slimmer in terms of the possibilities. Um, MJD, can I make the case the Rams are better off as the four seed rather than the three where they currently sit in terms of getting Carolina and then going to Philly as opposed to getting potentially Julio Jones and Matt Ryan? And if you were to win, to go back to Minnesota, having already seen what's awaiting them at uh, U.S. Bank?
1: I, I, I don't know. I'd I, I like the Rams versus the Falcons. The Falcons have kind of stumbled the last couple weeks as well. You're, you're going to play, you know, the Falcons. Julio Jones, very scary, but they seem like they don't get in the ball as much. Um their interior line is not as good. They have a really good center, but they have better tackles. I I feel like, and and they they will run the ball, so you have to stop the running game. But defensively, I feel like you can attack that. Uh, it's the same defense that you saw in Seattle, so you can get after that as as much as you want. Um, I just think either way, you want to have a home game in L. A. first. Mm-hmm. Really, you want to buy then a home game. But if you just get the home game, you take the home game, and I'd rather go to a familiar ter- territory. you've never, we've never been to Philly. As a group, we've never played in, so we don't know what it's right. like. It's Whereas you journey.
0: left Minneapolis with a lot of players saying like, "We hope we get this shot again."
1: Exactly, and I, and I think if they do get that shot again, it'll set them up for uh, better success. Uh, it's it's so funny though, the perfect storm. We and we rarely talk about uh, everything that happened for this Rams team mm-hmm. this year. I mean, from obviously getting Coach McVay, the free agents, the trades, the players that they're already on this roster beforehand, but then talk about the the Andrew Luck uh, list Colts. Uh, then you lose to, to Kurt Cousins and, and, and that whole situation. Then you go up to San Francisco and you get in a dogfight, but you figure out a way to win. And then all these close little wins from there on out, they started to add up.
0: Even catching Houston without Deshaun Watson, I think is the direction you're going with this, yeah, where I it's mean, a stars aligning kind of situation.
1: It's starting mm-hmm. to work. And so not only are you catching these guys when they're down, but you're beating See, them the way you're supposed to beat them.
0: Seattle without Chancellor, without yeah. Sherman, I with mean, an injured and, Bobby Wagner.
1: And so, it's kind of starting to come together, mm-hmm. and and I and what I say by that is that builds confidence, and so it doesn't matter if they had like you're thinking, well, we don't care if they had a chance or not, we're gonna still beat them forty two to right. seven. That's how you feel, and so going forward, you're gonna play these these tougher these playoff teams, these tougher opponents. I think this may, they may have something going here.
0: Of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves because, uh, the Titans are desperate too. Despite having the easiest schedule in the league, they host LA and Jacksonville now to finish. They probably need to win one of those for Tennessee to clinch and a punch there, ticket to the to the postseason. Uh, with MJD on JB Lawn, this is Rams All Access. Let's get into, uh, some of the Pro Bowl stuff. Yeah. And, uh, we'll talk about the Greg Zerline injury in our next segment. So we'll save that for there. But Zerline, uh, Johnny Hecker, once again, great, Special teams units, Pharoah Cooper, the third piece, and then one on offense, one on defense, and Gurley, whose MVP candidacy we'll consider, and Aaron Donald, who should be Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I want to get your reaction to those, but let's start with our Rams All Access poll question. Who was the biggest snub? Because that's always a fun thing to talk about in the wake of the announcements. Goff, a first alternate. Whitworth, a first alternate. Tremaine Johnson, a second alternate. Uh, so I asked, who was the biggest Rams Pro Bowl snub? Uh, over 200 votes, 71% went with Roger Saffold, 15% Lamarcus Joyner, Michael Brockers with 8%, Tremaine Johnson with 6 What say you?
1: I, I, I may have to win Andrew Whitworth. I think what he's done, I mean, we've always talked about it, and people probably don't listen nationally to what we say here, but they should. Yeah. Because Andrew Whitworth literally has changed the, the offense. We, we saw it when he went out. The offense stopped. It stalled. It couldn't do anything. Um not only did he change the offense, think about the left tackle that you had last year and Greg Robinson, who's out of the league now. I mean, that that makes a huge difference having a guy to protect. I Kirk. mean,
0: the the not quite worst of first story of the Rams and that left tackle is very parallel. Yeah. Almost identical.
1: Exactly. And so I feel like what he's been able to do um at at his age, uh going against premier pass rushers over and over and over again, um, you know, I think it'd be him and then it'd be Tremaine. I'd say Tremaine after that because Tremaine's guarded the number one wide receiver is over and over. And the funny thing is people are like, well, he still gets targeted. That's what makes his job harder. Like, that's one of the issues. Like, right. you're covering the best receiver week in and week out and they're still targeting that guy.
0: Uh, you've been in that, in that moment. What's that like? Especially for a guy who's getting it for the first time, the Pro Bowl on.
1: Oh, 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 no, that, it's, it, it's, it's awesome. You know, um, I remember when uh, I was in D.C., UCLA was playing Temple, I want to say, at uh, at one of the military bowls, I want to say. It was 2010 or 2009, and uh, I got a call from my owner, uh, our owner, Wayne Weaver, Jack Del Rio, our GM, uh, Gene Smith, and they were like, look, we just want to tell you firsthand before you find out, like, you got uh, taken to the Pro Bowl. You got selected to go to the Pro Bowl. You were the first guy. You were the first pick. And, and, and that there is like, wow right? Like you've done, you have all the respect of the, your peers. And I think that's what was most uh, important in that situation, especially for guys like Pharaoh Cooper, who, you know, he's battled for, you know, last year was kind of off and on, off and on fighting his way. found his role as a return guy and then come in every now and then receiver, make some plays, uh, He's done a great job, so the, it's really the respect factor of it, and we knew Hecker was going to make it because he's kicking the ball sideways and all type of other things. So
0: Matchup of Pro Bowl punters, because uh, the Titans have one as well from the AFC. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's going to be a good special team showdown. Uh, back to the Pro Bowl question, though, who's the biggest snub? I think our audience got it right, picking Roger Saffold. I took Goff and Whitworth right. off the table as first alternates, figuring in all likelihood they're going to wind up there, even though we hope that none of them get a chance to play the Pro Bowl because they're going to be occupied. Um, but Again, in Seattle, I was reminded of the things that Roger Saffold is doing, kind of in that shadow of Andrew Whitworth. Yes, Whitworth was the critical piece that allowed Saffold to stay put, to focus on one role. The Rams have had all five starters for the same positions for every game this year. You cannot overstate that, but Saffold has been thriving at left guard.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I I mean, that majority of those big runs, the reason Todd has all the yards, the reason Todd is is up for MVP is because he runs to the left. And so when you run to the left, you have the same guys. You're able to make plays, and I mean, Roger Saffold's done a great job, and especially from last year where he's moving. He's inside getting one, and out. if not
0: two or three, on, right. on those plays. Yeah, yeah, and in the screen game.
1: Oh, the screen game has been crazy too. I mean, some of those trick plays too, where they're flipping the ball out, mm-hmm. and he's out in front blocking two guys. I mean, that's. You know he's he's taking his game to the next level, which has allowed, obviously, everyone else to do it as well.
0: I got a nugget for you next, because you love outside zone, and you were the first to tell me that the outside zone scheme is going to fit Todd's game way better. We'll come back with that as we talk about his MVP candidacy and the golf trade. Where do we stand in year two as the Rams prepare to face the Titans with the NFC West, available to them with a victory. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA. To preserve your official ticket travel and VIP tailgate package to the next game, this is Rams All-Access on the way to Tennessee with a chance to wrap up the NFC West and punch the ticket to the postseason. Maurice Jones-Drew and JB Long with you. Hope you're having a great holiday week and have a very Merry Christmas. Maybe there will be a uh, NFC West championship hat under the tree for us and maybe for you as well. Uh, we want to get to Todd Gurley and his MVP case in this segment, but let's start with the news of the week, which is the Pro Bowl kicker, Greg Zerline, who was on a record-breaking pace, will not be able to play the final two regular season games in in fact, he's on IR, and he is done for the year. MJD, I know, I know this one caught your attention because you were texting me within seconds of this crossing the wire in panic.
1: Well, again, you know, um, this I felt like the reason this offense was so confident and this offense was able to move because they knew once they got past the 50, they were in range. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of stress on Jared. They were okay kicking field goals. If we, if we go back to the Dallas game where they kicked seven field goals in one game, Right. They were OK with that. And so in those situations, you have a comfort. Uh, it's kind of like a, I guess you just have a comfort with your kicker, like knowing mm-hmm. that if I get him in this range, we'll be fine. And then we can play more relaxed. Cause we know we have three in our back pocket. Uh Now, adding a new kicker. You don't know the range. You don't know the kicker. You don't know if he's, you know, erratic. You don't know anything about him. And so I feel like this puts more pressure on on the offense. This puts more pressure on, on the running game, on the passing game, on the wide receivers, on the, every position, uh, to be perfect. And that's what you don't want.
0: Uh, more on the new kicker, Sam Ficken, in just a moment, but let's, uh, put a bow on Greg Zerline's season, uh, done after the game in Seattle where he played through pain. He had a herniated disc, woke up on Sunday, and, you know, they'd been trying to pain manage it, uh, and it just got to be too much. So too critical, uh, a point in the season to be playing with a wounded kicker. And we saw some different types of kicks, uh, right. Miss PAT and the mortar style kickoffs from Zerline, who normally just booms them out the back of the end zone. And that's, that's another thing that, that can't be, replaced we don't know uh by sam ficken like just completely taking out the kick return game of your opponent
1: we don't know anything and i I think that's that's the 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 scary part to me is the unknown we don't know how he you know we knew greg Zerline um in any situation he had ice in his veins kick a game winner didn't bother Mm -hmm. him i mean he kicked seven in one game i keep going back like that was unbelievable And the way he was kicking the ball in kickoffs, and we were questioning that, like, well, why are they – I guess they're like, hey, return the ball, you know? Um, But now it makes sense, and so now you have to go with it, and as every football coach and every football player is going to say is next man up, but as an analyst, you see, it like, that. that is a big concern. That's a bigger concern than what most people think.
0: They tried out about 10, and so I will say choosing Sam Ficken, who had a much shorter track record, in fact, really none in the National Football League, they must have seen something that they liked. And I'll cast in with with Bones Fossil to pick his kicker and oh, to, to make them welcome with McQuaid and Hecker. I mean, what better room to walk into? But these are some stakes to be making your NFL debut in.
1: Oh, no question. Again, uh, I've I've seen kicker trials before. Uh, I remember in Jacksonville going out there catching kickoffs from them and, and punts and things like that. It's stressful because they're going to put you through everything. They're going to see how far you can kick, where you can kick from, have noise, everything they can do to try to put you, uh, to em- uh, emulate a game or uh, a game situation or whatever it may be. Um, you know, and, and, and whatever Coach Fossil says, I'm all for it. I just, I'm still nervous. Yeah. It, it it's not, uh, the legs. So. All right. So
0: Sam Ficken, 25 years old, just celebrated a birthday here in December, uh, college at Penn State, some time with the Jags and the Chiefs. Uh, now he gets to, uh, replace the shoes of a pro bowler, Greg Zerline. And we'll see what it means on Sunday, uh, Christmas Eve in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. Let's dig into, uh, Todd Gurley and his MVP case. And we'll give Coach McVeigh the first word.
2: If you just look at it from a production standpoint and what he's meant to our team and the success we've had, anytime that you're talking about an individual player for an award like that, it is a credit to the unit. And I know Todd would be the first one to tell you that, but uh, Todd has played outstanding. You know, he's got over 600 yards receiving, uh, over 1,100 yards rushing, 17 touchdowns. You know, he's got 13 rushing, 4 receiving. So he's doing it in a lot of ways. And then he also is blocking really well. You know, you look at some of the things he's doing in protection. Uh, Todd's done a great job. And and when you just look at it from a number standpoint, I'm obviously going to be biased because of how strongly I feel about Todd and really our team. But I think he's done a great job and I think it's
0: legitimate that he's in that conversation. MVP hasn't gone to a non-quarterback since 2012, but you talk about stars aligning for the team. How about individually with Carson Wentz going down with the season ending injury, right. now Antonio Brown with an injury. I mean, those are. Thomas
1: struggled the last two, three yeah, weeks. Yeah.
0: There, there's still some guy named Tom Brady playing in new England and having yeah. won that game against the Steelers last week. Some have said it's his game over.
1: Um, nah, they're, they're not watching the tape. And, and you know, I think – well, let me say this. Tom has played so well for so long that his expectation and his – uh you know, his expectation is so high, right? It's just like, all right, Tom, you got to play at 100 every time. And, and so if he's not at 100, if he's at 98, he's taking a step back, right? So I understand that point of it. But when you talk about the resurgence of the Rams and, and what Todd Gurley has meant, I mean, Coach McVeigh hit it on the head – uh the receiving game, uh the weapons out of the, being a weapon out of the backfield, being a weapon in the running game, the blocking. Um and we've talked about there's been drives that have stalled because you haven't given Todd the ball. But then when you give Todd the ball, those drives never stall. Right. And so um I, I think over the last couple weeks he's really taken on this new deal where he's running. I mean he's breaking tackles. He
0: looked fresh uh, he in Seattle.
1: Looked phenomenal in Seattle. And and then was able to sit a whole half. Right? And so uh you know, he's done some things that I think no one's done in, in in this league in a long time. Four touchdowns and a half is tough to do. And then as well as where the Rams are, right? I feel like if you take Todd away, the Rams wouldn't be where they are right now.
0: Yeah, as always, it, it kind of depends which letter of MVP you stress, right. right? Um I'll I'll just give you a few accolades, a few feathers in Todd's cap that could help make his case. Uh, as a running back, you can speak to this. When you get touches, what do you want? First downs or touchdowns, right? Touchdowns. First downs and touchdowns. Todd has a first down or a touchdown on 51% of his touches this season. Highest rate among running backs. When you give him the ball good things happen. It's as go. simple as that. Uh, needs 183 scrimmage yards and three scores in the final two games, very reasonable, to become the 13th player in NFL history with 2,000 scrimmage yards and 20 scores in a season. Three players have done that and one MVP. Terrell Davis, Marshall Falk, and LT would be the ones, uh, if you're making the case for Todd as a running back, to get that done. So he's closing in. On MVP numbers, just like you track Hall of Fame numbers, there's some milestones there. He's almost there, and if he plays and gets enough touches over these next two weeks, he's going to get there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only this is this is my one concern, and I've seen it done before. Uh, if they're able to win this week and clinch, they won't play next week. And Todd won't play against. The he Niners. won't play. There's no. Nor should he? Yeah, it's there. It's going to be their bye week. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna go in the That's game. That's assuming
0: Minneapolis, Minnesota takes care of business, and the Vikings wrap up the second bye.
1: Yeah, I, even I mean, yeah, I, I think it does it can depend on what Minnesota does, but still in that situation, it, I feel like if Minnesota loses, you're still the same, right? Because they beat you, they lost, they got the head to head.
0: Well, they would need to lose next week as yeah, well. Yeah, you would be weeks. hoping that they lose out,
1: basically. Right? Yeah, I don't, I I don't know, and you don't foresee that, but you know, I, I feel like if Todd does his thing this week. Next week, it probably, he probably won't play. All right,
0: likely. you ready for a, a bonus edition, an early edition of Inside the Numbers? Yeah. We've got plenty more for our final segment, but I'll give you one that's really specific because I know that MJD loves his outside zone runs. And even 100 of them for Todd, left and right this season, fourth most among tailbacks. On those runs, he's averaging 6.1 per tote, best in the NFL, well above the NFL average of 3.9. So you were the first to see it, and I pat you on the back because uh, going from where they were in their schemes uh, as an offensive line, as a run game under Fisher last year and Boris to where they are now, Yes, it's been beneficial for Goff, and yes, there have been some other key ingredients, but it's as if they had Todd in mind when they brought this in.
1: Well, you you look at uh, Coach Cromer, uh, who, who's the offensive line coach, and what he was teaching, and we saw that in uh, training camp. They were teaching that, that outside zone stretch, and when you have a guy who's a long runner, a long striker like Todd, a bigger guy, you want him to always be moving forward. When you have guys such as myself who are like quicker guys, shorter, my, my steps aren't as long, they're real choppy, we can run inside zone. And so uh Todd does a good job. I mean, once he gets his legs going, and we saw that, as soon as he got the ball uh against the Seahawks, I was like, it's over. He's gone. I didn't say anything because, you know, I was trying to be professional. But uh, in my mind, I was like, oh, it's over. Because there was no one else there. And we know how fast he is and what he what he's able to do. So uh, as long as you can get him in space, he's always going to be a weapon for you. And that's what the outside zone does.
0: And as much as McVeigh loves to bootleg and waggle and as good as Goff is at it to get that offense and, and the defense with him flowing in one direction and then to have counters to it, oh, it's goodness. been it's been a pleasure to watch this season for Todd and then everything they're doing off of Todd. All right, got to take another break here coming back with segment three we'll take a look at the golf trade where it stands a couple years later that's next on espn la Alright, the Rams at 10 and 4 going to Tennessee to take on the 8 and 6 Titans. The first meeting between these franchises since they pulled off the trade for the first overall pick in the 2016 NFL draft. The Rams, of course, took Jared Goff. The Titans got five players going their direction, including, uh, Jack Conklin, who's turned into an all-pro offensive lineman. Derek Henry, who we'll talk about in four-down territory. Right now, a RB2, but really he's their best back. And, um, for our purposes, we want to talk about Corey Davis, their first round pick this year at wide receiver, who Cooper Cup is undoubtedly outperforming. And, uh, Corey Davis and Marcus Mariota just can't seem to get on the same page.
1: Yeah. Well, a lot of it is because Corey Davis has been, uh, hampered by a hamstring. It seems like this whole season, but two, Marcus Mariota just hasn't been playing well. I mean, turning the ball over. Um, they're not, he hasn't been that guy he was last year where he was more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it was because of the running game. Their running game has struggled and, uh, they've been they've been kind of kind of held under 100 yards the last couple of weeks. A lot of that is Demarco Murray not running well, even though Derrick Henry is, and they're not getting that two back system that they've always wanted and that Mike Malarkey has been looking for.
0: He's Maurice Jones-Drew. I'm JB Long. I want to get into some defensive topics in this segment, three of Rams All Access, but uh, just want to finish up on the golf trade. How should the Rams, as a fan base, as a franchise, as an organization, feel about that deal now, almost two years, two seasons removed?
1: Well, it's always tough to kind of grade it after two seasons. You want to give it uh, the full length of the contract, right? So you really want to go five seasons with Jared. But as of right now, it's looking great. You're you're winning. You're you're you, you went won. up to
0: grab your franchise quarterback. There's no reason to think he's not that guy.
1: Not right now. No, not mm-hmm. at all. And so I always, but as a as an analyst and as just a, a person who's been around football, you want to allow those things to play all the way out, right? Because you can have guys like Andrew Luck, for example. Mm-hmm. The first three years looks great, and then all of a sudden, Marcus Mariota, Marcus right in front James of our and James Winston. Areas. I mean, you can name guys. And so in these situations, you got guys that have first two, three years have looked remember great. Remember when Andy Dalton
0: was a thing? Andy Dalton.
1: All these guys. And so you have to remember. You just have to let it play out and then yeah, see how it goes. And I, I think, agree. but what I do love about Jared and what I do love about what the coaching staff has done, they've put a ton of quarterback knowledge around him. And that's what these guys need to have as they go forward as they as they continue to grow as quarterbacks you need to continue to put quarterback knowledge around them all
0: right let's talk some defense and if the rams defense plays like it did in seattle this team's going to the super bowl It's as simple as that. I don't know if they can put up seven sacks again, especially doing so without blitzing. That was Sean McVay's point, is they were getting home without sending blitzes. And clearly that made an impression on the head coach, who's normally tweaking the offense. But I think he had a little extra time, a little extra vision to devote to what was going on with Aaron Donald and company this week.
1: No, Aaron Donald, literally the last, I don't know, three, four weeks of has taken over the game. Um, and you know what it is, too?
0: We'll talk about Robert Quinn next. But I think those things go hand in hand. Oh, no question. Because Brocker's been solid, but Quinn has come alive, yes. and so now what?
1: Right. So what are you going to do? And you have Aaron Donald and Quinn on the same side. So that side, you're going to try to slide it that way, but you only can double one guy. And Aaron's beating double teams. Uh, this week is going to be a little different, though, for Robert Quinn. And Taylor LeJuan is is a young, really young, really good left tackle. And uh, I feel like the Titans have hit on both their tackles, but the inside is where they're struggling. So you're going to see a lot of Aaron Donald in those situations. But if Robert Quinn can be dominant on grass, right, uh, which is a little bit different for for speed guys uh, on grass against Taylor Wann, then we had now we're talking. Because I think when you get in the playoffs, you're going to play on some grass. You're going to have to be dominant. You're going to have to be able to make plays on defense to win games.
0: Comical that Aaron Donald was not NFC Defensive Player of the Week, but whatever. As long Who as, was it? Uh, defensive back for Detroit, had two picks.
1: Ah, uh, Slay. Slay, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, but only one defensive tackle in Rams history has recorded more sacks in a season than Aaron Donald's 11. He had 11 and 15. He's got 11 again here in 2017, despite sitting out week one. you know who that defensive tackle is? i'll give you a hint he's not in this room right now
1: oh demarco far
0: d far had 11 and a half in 1995 so aaron uh went past demarco on the career sacks list in seattle last week we'll see if he goes past him on the single season list as a rams defensive tackle um but another word on rob quinn multiple quarterback pressures in eight of his last nine games 15 uh, total the last couple of weeks what has gotten into him and can i have some
1: I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've talked to him uh, a couple times. We have pulled into the parking lot, the to Coliseum together, and uh, I was like, "Man, like, so what, what? What's going on? Like, what's the deal?" Mm-hmm. And he, he he's like, "You know, I just sit back, listen to music, dad, love my wife, just hang out. Like, that's what, and I think he's in his happy place, right? And and it, there's a lot to say about you having uh, clarity at home and not being distracted at home." Uh, that's going to help your play as well because you're not wasting energy, right? Energy in this game, that's what this game's all about, how to conserve and build up your energy to be able to empty your bucket that you've conserved on the field. It seems like for him... That bucket is getting filled, 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 and his wife, I mean, we've seen his family at away games, they come. I mean, he's a great family guy, uh, and and they support him. They make sure that he has everything that he needs, and whatever he is taking or whatever he has going on, he ne- he needs to keep going.
0: I want to talk about the other two levels of that defense. Let's go linebacker next. Corey Littleton played big snaps, played really well in place of Mark Barron, basically gave Barron... The afternoon off. Right. I mean, he wasn't inactive, but he might as well have been because he played so few snaps. That knee is apparently a little balky. The cold weather set it off. Uh, can they get by without Barron for another week? Do you test it, see how it goes in Tennessee? Uh,
1: I mean, I feel like you, you'll, you'll see how it is, um, throughout the week of practice. Is this something that may happen again? It may you don't know, but I, Corey Littleton is the unsung hero of this team right now. Uh, from special teams plays, uh, to stepping in, playing in, in passing situations. Uh, understanding his role and, 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 not, when he's not out, when Mark Barron's not out there, you really don't notice as much. And mm-hmm. this and I'm not saying that that's not going Mark Barron, but, he, um, Corey Littleton's not out of place. Right. He's not where he's. He's always where he's supposed to be. And I think that's the big part about it is that Corey Lilton comes in and he's going to fit in. Now, he may not be as athletic that can cover tight ends and things like that. But when he comes in, he does his job to the best of his ability. And he's there to make plays. And he makes tackles when they come to him. He fits in the gap where he's supposed to be in the running game. And he's in his area where he when, he, when in the passing game. So he does a good job.
0: Two elements to pass defense, rushing cover, right? Rushing cover. They go hand in hand. We saw both against the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. We previewed it by saying first game, first full game without Kayvon Webster. Whether it's Mikel Roby Coleman, whether it's Troy Hill, someone's got to step in and play some pretty good receivers here today at their place. The pass rush covered up quite a bit. But I'll tell you what. There were also some coverage sacks, which no means the back end was giving it up front too.
1: Troy Hill, I mean, what he's done in uh, stepping in this replacement. I mean, being he was inactive for a hamstring. I want to remember. Uh, I want to say early in the year, but for him to come in and be able to step in that Kayvon Webster, I understand that you're going to get thrown at. And, and to make plays, especially on some of those deep balls in Seattle where he wasn't getting PIs, he was playing it well. Uh, and I feel like Lamarcus Jordan was kind of leaning a little bit to his side, putting, uh, uh, Tremaine, or, uh, yeah, Tremaine Johnson on the, uh, on an island, but, um, he held his own. And you have to be able to do that. Now, when you go against Minnesota, Troy Hill, guess what? We, they, they missed you. We missed you in that game. We had to play, I want to say it was Peterson, right?
0: uh it was uh, dom hatfield, hatfield who has hatfield, since yeah. been released the rookie right. out of utah
1: so you're going to have to come in and and cover either you know some some really good wide mm-hmm. receivers obviously if you're playing this week you have some guys that can you know do some different things but you have to continue to play better cuz once you get to the playoffs right there is no bad team right. and that's the key Right, there is no bad team, and you got to make sure that you're doing your job to keep that team uh, from scoring. Wade
0: Phillips has said this a couple of times that you you can take knocks, not that anyone wants to, but if you know about it all week, if you have a week to get a game plan together to compensate for it, right. Oftentimes you can make it work if you lose someone in game like they did in Minnesota and you have uh, depth at that position and active or you're not planning on it, then you're scrambling. And I, I got to give the defensive staff Aubrey Pleasant and Wade a ton of credit because they've sustained some knocks in game and over the course of a week. And they've done really well to patch things up, whether it's Alec Ogletree in Arizona and bringing in Bryce Hager, or whether it's now knowing, look, Kayvon is gone for the rest of the year. Kayvon's not playing again this season. How do we get to the finish line we're striving for without him?
1: Well, I think the other thing is understanding that Troy Hill has played in these games, right? And and, and I went back to Thursday night last year in Seattle where he got beat pretty bad a couple times by Doug Baldwin. I actually had a, a gift made of him with the Doug Baldwin on the goal line. But to have that short that uh, short memory mm-hmm. come back, compete his butt off the way he did, uh, to be ready for this position, those reps were, were huge. Then and, and now that you're starting to see the kind of the fruits of that labor now, where he's a more confident guy, he's not worried. Uh, when you see guys try him, he's there. Mm-hmm. He's he's there, and either he's on top or he's right on on the receiver's back, making them catch uh, make uh, those combat catches or contested catches. And I think. As a DB, that's what you have to do consistently, week in and week out, because that builds your confidence. And then it builds Wade Phillips' confidence to call cover zero and blitz everybody, or as well as to run different coverages that he, he's uh, you're not used to uh, you see him call.
0: Troy Hill called into duty gets the third highest corner grade of Week 15, according to Pro Football Focus. We'll take a break here. We got a big finish though. Up next, it's four down territory. We'll get the latest from Titans territory, and then inside the numbers with some juicy nuggets to finish off uh, this holiday preparation, Christmas eve in nashville with an nfc west title available to the rams this is rams all access on espn la time for four down territory our weekly check inside opponents territory and our guest this week is cameron wolf who covers the tennessee titans for espn and espn.com uh cameron first question what's the mentality of the group after back-to-back road losses against the nfc west
3: yeah it's a uh, really realistic honest view in this locker room they were sort of a somber, frustrated feel after they blew what was really good playoff position, and now they have a, a tough slate ahead of them. You know, several guys referred to, you know, as, as you know, the hot Rams team we've got to play, and this is a, a a win and get in sort of scenario over the last two games for the Titans. So um, it, they're definitely on the the lower end of their season, and they got to figure out a way to bounce back against a team that has really had a lot of success um, against throughout the league so um, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out whether it's uh, an angry feel or is it sort of a, a, a you know kind of mailing it in feel. Uh,
0: Cameron is Marcus Mariota regressing in this 2017 season?
3: Yeah that's a really good question There's a lot of people are asking that out here Where I think this is his worst season as a pro um, he has had a lot of different situations where he hasn't looked comfortable in the scheme and in the pocket um, and the big question mark out here is what can the Titans do as a coaching staff to make him more comfortable and do things to uh, let his skill set shine a little bit more. So this is a big two weeks for him, for the Titans coaching staff, and this office as a whole as they hope to uh, do better than they have for 14 weeks of the season.
0: From the outside looking in, I can't help but wonder, why isn't Derrick Henry the number one running back over to Marco Murray?
3: <laughs> you, me, and everybody else out in Nashville, um, the, the Titans reasoning is they believe that DeMarco Murray is a better pass protector and receiver, and that's the reason why he sees the field enough. But it's not really close on who's the better rusher. You know, the stats show and the eye test shows that Derrick Henry has clearly been the better rusher, but he, he's seeing maybe um, a quarter of the snaps that DeMarco Murray's seeing. So uh, there hasn't been anything that Titans have shown show that will change. Uh, Derrick has typically been their closer, so to speak, in the fourth quarter, uh, but they haven't been in a position winning lately so he hasn't been able to be that closer as of late
0: cameron wolf covers the titans for espn and espn.com this is four down territory final question let's switch over to the defense um anything in particular you notice when it comes to allowing rushing touchdowns i saw the titans have allowed 13 of them third most in the national football league Uh, is that the primary concern on defense or is it the injuries to the corners against jared goff and mcveigh's passing attack
3: definitely be the injuries to the corners. The the touchdowns are sort of an outlier uh, based on their passing game. They're actually the third best rushing uh, defense in the NFL, so they've been pretty stout in the rushing department. Um, but they they're sort of a bend but don't break defense. So they give up a lot of passing yards, um, and then they try to hold teams to field goals down in the red zone. And when they don't, it's typically rushing touchdowns that get them in. But the corner cornerback injuries that you mentioned earlier there, uh, Logan Ryan's got an ankle injury. He's their top corner, and Lashawn Sims, their number three corner suffered a hamstring injury in practice yesterday. Those two guys are very questionable at best this weekend. If they don't have one or both of those guys, that could be serious trouble against Jared Goff. Um, That's not an area where they have a ton of debt.
0: Uh, Cameron Wolf does a great job covering the Titans. We appreciate you taking some time to preview the matchup. We will see you on Sunday, and happy Christmas weekend.
3: Happy holidays and Christmas to you guys as well.
0: And we continue with MJD JB Long here in studio. This is Rams All Access Week 16 edition. Uh, the Titans at eight and six. Mo like the Raiders a popular AFC Championship pick preseason. What happened?
1: Uh, you know what? Um, well, I felt like everyone kind of put a lot on Corey Davis's shoulders. Uh, one, two. Uh, we thought their running game was going to be there. Uh, it had n- really nothing to do with Marcus Mariota and how he's playing or what he's doing, but. They're, they're a run first, they're a run second, run third, and then if you don't get it on third down, we, we may run it on fourth down. And run as well. with the
0: quarterback too, which exactly. Mariota hasn't been able to do as well. Well,
1: he hurt his yeah. hamstring, uh, against Houston early in the season, and that kind of hampered him a little bit as well. So they've had to be, they've had to change their game plan a little bit, and, and, and that's forced him to be a pocket passer. And that's where they've struggled. Their receivers can't get, uh, get open, they don't create separation. And, you know, they haven't been able to use that read option that gives them that extra oomph, and, uh, You know, in the game,
0: despite all that, with the easiest schedule in the NFL, a winning percentage of the opponents less than 40 percent on the year. They do have eight victories against six losses. They still have a chance to punch their ticket to the postseason with a home win over the Rams or the Jags in the coming weeks. Um, As for the, the Rams, you know, they got a chance to sweep this crossover division. The, the AFC South has been a good draw for LA. Indy at Jacksonville, Houston already. Can they complete the sweep?
1: Uh, I, I think they can. And, um, you know, uh, there's a stat. I think their defense, uh, gives up like 90 yards per game rushing or they're, they're one of the top The
0: Titans team. have one of the better rushing defenses. But, yes. But, but they've, as we heard, they've allowed rushing touchdowns, not necessarily running gashes
1: right but the reason is they're dbs you know their dbs are giving up a lot in the air and so teams are coming out throwing the ball early on now they have a defensive tackle by the name of Jarrell Casey who reminds me of Pro Aaron Bowler. Donald reminds me of Aaron Donald and I played against him uh when he was younger and he he can go and so that's going to be something that they're going to have to control a little bit but again this goes right back to Seattle for the Rams to win they have to run the ball 30 times You have to be in that 30, 25 to 30 range running the ball in this situation. Last week you got 42, which is awesome. But you got to get back in that rushing game because, again, you have to shorten the game. You have to keep that defense on the field and put pressure on the other offense. When we saw pressure on Seattle, I mean, pipes were busted. It was crazy. Like seeing Russell Wilson throw the ball backwards. All those things, it was just pressure was coming on him and so uh you give your defense a chance to rest. Uh you let you simplify a lot of things for Jared and in your game plan. Uh and so I think the running game is going to have to be a big play a big part in this one.
0: You know my revelation of this week was and and I'm embarrassed it took me this long to get to it. But it's now week 16. Trends aren't trends anymore. They're identities. Yeah. And so my thing is you talk about the pressure that the Rams put on you as an opponent. When's the last time your team scored 30 or more points? In the Titans case, we're talking about October 16th, week six. They put 36 on Indy. Okay. But that's the last time they put up 30. The Rams are averaging 31. Right. And so that's the stress that I think opponents are now facing against McVay and company is. We got to score. They don't have the potential to put 30 on you. The odds are they are going to put 30 on you, if right. not more. Can you keep up? That's a lot to weigh on a head coach, on an offensive coordinator, on a defensive coordinator going week to week.
1: Well, the one way, and, and this is the one thing, the one way that you can eliminate the 30 points is if you're the Titans if you run the ball. And we know that's where the Rams have struggled in stopping the run. So this is going to be a game where you're going to be tested. Your chivalry is going to be tested as a player because the Titans want to run the ball forever. I mean, I I played for Mike Malarkey. He's similar to Doug Marone where he's like, look, if we don't have to throw the ball in the game, we don't want to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not – we We want to run – we want to take your will away. So the Rams defense is going to get challenged and tested in that part, and I think they understand that if you stop the run on first and second down, you get them in third and long, now you have a chance to a pass, you'll be good. But on the other side, uh the Rams can't feel that pressure that they, they've they been averaging 30 points they got to get there because remember, we played Minnesota, and you didn't hit that 30 mark and they can't, they can't. It was seven-seven, and you had a chance to break it open. Yeah. You had a fumble there by a Cooper Cup, so you have to remember the pressure kind of goes both ways.
0: You, you reminded me how critical opening drives, offensively and defensively, have been for the Rams' success. Whether it's creating turnovers, right, takeaways on half of your opponents' opening drives this year, or putting points on the board in better than three quarters of your opening drives on your first offensive possession that negates some of what you talked about it if the key is taking the air out of the ball well if if you if you give it away and you go down 3 or 7 nothing that's starting down a path that opponents don't want to be on against McVay and well, Goff at the range well
1: i guess the question is now do you take the ball when you play the rams? And, and
0: exactly and i asked the question a couple uh, a couple of weeks ago cuz the rams were in a rut of like losing the coin toss and keen teams kept deferring and and last week it was the Rams who won the toss and elected to defer because I think they're to the point now where they're like,
1: okay, yeah, we're cool, we're cool, we're 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 confident, and, yeah. and I think that's the, that's the one thing that Cosmeveg brings is it's it's a it's not a quiet it's a loud confidence, but it's not cocky, it's swagger though, yeah, it's yeah, it's like listen, go ahead, you can take the ball, your best shot, go ahead, do your thing, because we know what we're gonna do, we're confident offense what we're gonna do, and really we're confident defensively what we're gonna do as well, and if you punt that thing, oh. You better watch out. Why punt to
0: Farrow Cooper anymore? Because you have to. And it's not when I say Farrow, it's it's the other ten guys on that unit. It's, it's too. called, why, it's why called punt, principle
1: and pride. Why punt to Rams kick return anymore? It's called pride. You got to do it. You got you got eleven guys out there to make a tackle.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's problematic. <laughs> I mean, I I think Seattle was stubborn to a fault in that regard. Now Brett Kern and the Titans, maybe they have a different story. They've got a, a guy who's having a Pro Bowl season. So a matchup of Pro Bowl punters with. Uh, Kern and Hecker coming your way from Nashville this weekend. Hope you will make plans to join us on the radio this Sunday afternoon. Could it be a Christmas Eve clincher? Final segment coming up, we have Inside the Numbers. Before we're done, finishing thoughts. From Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm JB Long. This is Rams All Access on ESPN LA 710. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access. Maurice Jones-Drew and JB Long previewing a Week 16 contest against the Titans. Let's go Inside the Numbers. I've got one on the Rams and one on the Titans want to get MJD's thoughts. Uh, the first question is, where has Jared Goff's deep ball gone? Is it a reflection of the, the defensive fronts that the Rams have played, perhaps? Here's the data. Uh, not hitting the deep shots like he was in the first half of the season. In fact, last three games, Jared's average pass has only traveled 5.7 yards, and he hasn't completed a throw 20 yards downfield since Week 12. Oh, for his last four on shots beyond 20 yards.
1: Well, I don't think it's him. I, I think it's... Uh... The fact that teams are taking that away now. Uh And it, it went back to Minnesota. Um I remember we were talking about Minnesota and, and what they do differently in their cover three scheme. And what they do is they don't allow you to take the deep shots. And their safeties are nasty. Yeah, their safeties are really good. But their safeties do a great job of staying back, where Earl Thomas normally cuts those deep shots. Now, what we saw last week was Earl Thomas stayed back. He didn't cut. And so, when they don't give you those those chances to take the deep ball, what you have to do what Jared did was check the ball down to throw it to your intermediate routes and let those guys run so uh I think eventually the more you start giving what they're taking what they're giving you, that deep shot will open back up again, but you can't keep forcing it and I think the Vikings game was one we found out when you force it too many times bad things happen.
0: Uh, I think part of it, too, the the defensive fronts, the pass rushes you're facing, too, I mean, it takes time to throw shots 20 yards downfield. When you got the Eagles and when you got the Seahawks looking across the line of scrimmage at you, look, I I think last week's the formula.
1: Oh, it's it's, it's always been that. It's always been the formula.
0: You talked all week about December, December, December. That looked like a December game plan.
1: Listen. And and it it was
0: devastating.
1: It was unbelievable. They've never, because teams... It's so funny. When you look at the Seahawks or you look at the Niners, what they're running, or you look at uh teams that come out of that Pete Carroll system, the Atlanta Falcons, what they run, they load the box. They put eight in the box to scare you from running. But uh, you can actually just run against it. It's, it's very simple to run against it. And you saw when you dedicate the run game and Todd literally is breaking off the first play, a 14-yard run, oh, it's going to be an issue. And when you run the ball, it, it, it's so funny. People panic because the clock keeps moving. Your offensive lines going forward, and that's where defensive linemen. Yeah. When you get these speed rushers on the outside, that's where they're stuck. So guys like Everson Griffin, they get stuck in the running game because they're so used to going up the field. So you have to understand that going forward, when you play the Falcons or if you play the Panthers, you got to have a running game to go in there and beat them.
0: I know it's counterintuitive, but I think the return of Robert Woods enables oh. the running game as much as he helps your passing. He
1: blocks. Points. He blocks like a fullback.
0: He's fierce. He He's blocks serious. like a fullback. Yep. No, it's again, it, it doesn't match up because you come back and you're like, oh, great, now more weapons to throw to. You've already got weapons. Oh, yeah. You, you you didn't lack for weapons throwing the football, as we saw when Robert was out. But, man, is he vicious in the run game, getting you to those second-level runs.
1: And, it, and it, it takes the whole offense to a whole different level because now you can throw timing routes to Sammy because you had those three weeks to work with him. And that's what we were missing.
0: Sammy's been a beginning. deep threat his whole career, to our previous conversation point about taking deep shots. He's never been this good inside of 10 yards. I mean, he, ha- he has a career r- QB rating when targeted inside of 10 yards.
1: Right. That, that's just one of it's those whole, things. It's a whole
0: new part of his game.
1: It, it puts a lot of stress on the defense there.
0: All right. Uh, we continue with inside the numbers on the Titans side of the football. And you've highlighted how critical it will be uh, for their running game to put some fear in the Rams' defense. They've had success running wide. 7.1 yards per rush outside their tackles this season, and you said they've hit on both their tackles. That's number one in the NFL, and it's the best rate that any team has had running outside their tackles in a season since the 2014 Seahawks. How do the Rams combat it?
1: Uh Connor Barwin, Robert Quinn, they have to contain. Similar, It's the same thing. As, it's, it's funny. The last couple of weeks have been the exact same. Contain the quarterback, make him throw from the pocket. Every week if you do that. But now it's with the running game. You make those guys run inside into where all your help is. You can't let them bounce outside. I know the Rams have a lot of speed at linebacker, but Robert Quinn, those guys have to either stretch it out to the sideline and force them to run out of bounds or, you know, make a box and make them run into a box.
0: One more thought from Sean McVay, who knows this is a must-win for the Titans before we wrap up here on Rams All Access.
1: Yeah, it really
2: is, and, and you know, it's a must-win from our standpoint as well. So it's going to be a great opportunity to go to a tough atmosphere, tough environment against a very uh, very good football team. Uh, they've won a lot of games. They, they do a lot of different things offensively. They pre- present a lot of good ways to be able to run the football and creatively attack people. And then defensively, you know, you look at Coach LeBeau and the success that he's had throughout the course of his career. Got a lot of great rushers up front, so it's going to be a great challenge for us.
0: Must win games in December. Is this fun or what?
1: Uh, it's the best time. I remember, even though there was a one year we made the playoff, two thousand seven, but two thousand nine, two thousand ten, uh, those were years that we were in must win games. We didn't win them, but it's so fun when you have must wins.
0: Titans man. are desperate. Rams aren't desperate, but you, you don't want to win this any other way. You've done what you set out to do. You've taken the torch from Seattle. You just can't light it yet, right? Until you get that win, and and. Back in fine. Any way you get in, respectable in the NFL to play in the postseason. But it'll feel a whole lot better if you can win it yourself.
1: You just want to get to the dance floor. Yeah. You, and, and the only way you get one is you get a ticket. And so this is where you cash your ticket for both teams. But roll right?
0: up on that front door with a red carpet. Exactly.
1: That's what you want. <laughs> you want to knock on the door. You don't want to be the one that's getting in the back door. So I think the Rams understand that. And I think when you talk to a lot of people, uh, when, you know, I'm texting coaches and, and players, They understand how important it is.
0: Thanks, Mo. That was fun. This is going to be a great weekend. Hope you have a safe and enjoyable one with your friends and family. And join us for Holiday Football Sunday from Nashville on ESPN LA 710.